What is up, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Tea with Tina podcast. On today's episode, we are talking about how to track macros and get results. All right, so without further ado, let's just dive right in. Welcome to the Tea with Tina, your favorite podcast where we talk all things health, fitness, lifestyle, and maybe a little bit of tea gets spilled. We chat all about this in a super casual environment. So grab your beverage of choice, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Okay, so tracking macros and getting results. I will say that... Sorry, I was adjusting my microphone. I will say that ever since I really started doing nutrition coaching, like I was against it for a little bit just because everybody is so individualized when it comes to nutrition that I had a hard time coming up with a good system that actually works um, and can be kind of applied to everybody and modified. It was just so much work on my end to really you know, find out what works for people. But now after doing quite a few nutrition clients online, I feel like I have a good system down and it seems like everyone and their mother is reaching out to me now for nutrition coaching. Um, I do not give out meal plans. I simply, based off of feedback and food logs that you give me every week, we kind of formulate a plan and habits that work for you and we get down to root causes and things like that. So if you're interested in that, I'm actually going to drop the link below to apply for nutrition coaching. Um, It is really personalized. Honestly, it's amazing. And you get so many recipe ideas and things like that inside the app. And you get your own food tracking um, feature in the app, which is exactly like MyFitnessPal, but 10 times better. Shameless promo. Uh, But anyways, if you cannot afford nutrition coaching right now, or maybe it's not time and you're a DIYer, right? I'm going to give you some tips on how to track your macros and get results. Just some general ideas for someone who's just starting out because it can get really overwhelming. There's a lot of routes you can take. I mean, it's like, Tina, what macro calculator do I use? Um, Where do I start? What should my numbers be? All this stuff. And there's just so many ways you can go. And this is the way that I found to be most successful. And I'm not saying it is the quickest path to success, but I think it is the most sustainable and most long-term path. So let's get into that. Okay, so first thing of how to track your macros is the very first step is I want you to keep a food diary. And I want you to track for anywhere from as little as three days up to two weeks and include at least one weekend day, okay? So the goal with this is you got to track what you're eating right now. So I don't want you to try to be healthier than what you already are. Um, Just literally be honest about it. And you can write it down on a piece of paper. You can type it in the notes app on your phone. You could track it in an actual food tracking app, whatever you want. And you can even just write it down and then go back later and kind of calculate Um, calories and how many macros and everything was in all of that. Um, Even take pictures if you want to use for reference proportions and things like that. However you want to do it, just track it, okay? And this allows us and me, if I was your coach, but it allows you too to see any habits in your eating, okay? So that's the first thing. Um, and some days, I mean, especially if you're not following a plan, one day you could be eating 2,000 calories and then the next day you're eating 1,200. And you'll get to see patterns in that as well. So it's data. Each day you log is data. And you got to kind of take that emotional um 
experience out of it and treat it like data just like if we're weighing ourselves on the scale the scale can be really annoying and it fluctuates like crazy but if we do want to use it um, we have to treat it as data and know that it's just one data point of many to really just help us learn better about ourselves right so that's a good way to look at it and a good way to reframe your mindset but when we have this data in front of us, um, we could take a look at it a little bit deeper, really look at each day. And once you kind of figure out the calories, the protein, the carbs, the fat, look at it. Okay, first, I want you to look, go, oh, have I like not been eating breakfast at all? Or like, wow, I snack a lot at night. Or wow, my calories are all over the place. Or like my proteins like 50 grams every single day, but my carbs are like 300 and my fats like 100. Um, so you see these things, right? Well, after you start to notice these patterns, I want you to take your calories and average them together. So if it was five days you tracked, add them all up and divide by five. What is your average intake, okay? That's gonna be currently what your average food intake is to basically maintain the current weight you are at. So let's just say to keep it simple that it's 2,000 calories, okay? So to stay where you currently are, your maintenance calories would be 2,000. Now, there are calculators out there, but the reason I'm saying to go against the um, calculators as of right now would be because what you're using what you're currently eating as maintenance in my opinion is more accurate than using a calculator that essentially assumes um, using what you actually eat is a little bit more um, in-depth it's more accurate but if you're someone who doesn't have the time to track or doesn't want to track and just wants a starting point then by all means use a um, macro calculator. It may be quote unquote a little bit of a faster route, but you can get your estimate off and you might um, put yourself in too big of a deficit or not a deficit at all and it'll take a little bit more trial and error. So just take that with a grain of salt. But this is usually what I do as a coach, um, really try to be intimate with it. So, okay, now we have our average. We're eating about 2,000 calories a day. We have, we, we kind of analyzed our habits and everything. So now, you know, usually with tracking macros, we want to lose weight, right? Or lose fat. So usually we want to create a deficit. And in general, I would say about 200 calories less than what you're currently eating is a good deficit. And the way I approach macros is I really try to start out conservative. So start out conservative. If you track your numbers almost 80 to 90 percent perfectly for two weeks in a row and you are still not seeing the scale moving um, in the way you want it to go then we can start subtracting a little bit more or there maybe there's a part where your progress stalls keep using the higher macros until progress stalls and then you could take away so we want to keep you eating as much food as possible for as long as possible because it's going to help keep us nourished um, and we won't get any of the negative effects of dieting because dieting is a stress are on our bodies and we don't want that okay so anyways we're gonna create this deficit so we're gonna do 1800 calories okay and so how do I figure out my individual macros like protein carbon fat again this is going to be individualized to you if you use like um, a macro calculator or even like my fitness pal or something which oh their calorie estimates are horrific by the way they really have you under eating um, so of course you're gonna see results but it's not gonna be long-lasting the um, macros usually the average macros is 30% protein 40% carbs 30% fat okay cuz that adds up to be 100% um, 
you can adjust as needed. Usually the protein stays around 30. Sometimes you can do 25, 35. I, I don't really see it much higher than that unless you're like an athlete or a competitor or something like that. Um, but generally you want protein in that range. Helps you preserve muscle when you're in a fat loss phase. Or, you know, the standard rule of thumb, 0.8 to 1 gram um, of protein for every pound of ideal body weight. Ideally 0.8 to 1.2. Okay, depending on how active you are. So if you're 150 pounds um, and maybe you want to be 130, I would say just to overestimate a little bit, maybe keep your protein at 135, 140. Okay, um, keeping it higher. Now, um, carbs and fat, that can be adjusted based off your needs. So some people favor higher carbs and they thrive off of carbs. So we keep their carbs a little bit higher. Um, some people prefer higher fats, or maybe they want to do keto, um, or they just want lower carb. Maybe they have PCOS or insulin issues, or they're diabetic, or something where they need lower carb. So that would be adjusted for that. Now, ideally, I recommend don't dropping carbs below 120 grams, simply because... Um, that is the minimum amount needed for proper brain function. Look it up. And fat, um, fat I typically don't drop below like 50, 55 grams, um, mainly because that is also needed at that level to support like healthy hormone function because fat is responsible for um, hormone production in the body. So just some things to keep in mind. Play around with it. See what fits into your particular calorie goals. And again, remember, this is just an estimate. We are collecting our data. We, you know, we're scientists with our bodies, right? We're collecting our data. Um, and then we're going to have a starting point. This is our educated guess. And then you're going to trial run it. You're going to do some trial and error. You're going to log everything. You're going to try to hit those macros to the best of your ability. And if after a couple weeks, the data is showing that maybe this isn't working, maybe we need to adjust some things. Or maybe you notice when you're eating higher carb, you feel crappy. So you go, oh, well, I'm going to pull my fat up a little bit, but bring my carbs down. Um, just different things like that. Um, really being in tune with your body. And again, going back to the coaching aspect, this is where weekly check-ins um, really are helpful. Like, for instance, if you're a nutrition client, I have you fill out a weekly form of, like, how your eating went. Did you stress eat? Um, what did you do well this week? What do you feel like you work on? And I look at each individual food log. We analyze, you know, what went well, what you can do better, um, and it kind of sets us up for the next week, and we really break it down week by week to truly create uh, a nutrition program that'll be perfect for you. So it is helpful. Um, you can 100% do this on your own. I'm not saying you have to have a coach, but it can get very overwhelming and technical <laughs> um, if you don't know what you're doing. So if you need a coach to get things started, I definitely highly recommend that. Okay. Um, but anyway, so we're at the phase now. We're in a deficit. We set our macros. Now we're kind of in the trial and error phase. We are logging. So what can you do to log to the best of your ability? We want to do a couple things. So first, you want to weigh and measure your food to the best of your ability. Now, this can get crazy. There's some people that take scales out with them when they go out to eat. No, I don't want you to be that crazy, okay? Um, I want you to find balance. So the things, I want you to take a look at things that are easier to weigh that may be um, easy to miscalculate if you eyeball it. For instance, like blueberries, okay? 
um, weighing your blueberries in grams on a scale uh, is going to be much more accurate than just like taking a handful and being like, uh, that's probably about a third cup, right? Okay, because if you do that with everything over the day, your your calories are going to be all over the place. Um, but things that are like set in stone, like you have your protein powder and the scoopers in there and the, the nutrition says one scoop. You don't, you don't got to measure that because it's already one scoop. Or you have a bag of, you know, chips. You scan the protein or the protein. You scan the barcode and it's like a single serving of chips. You eat all the chips. Scan that. You don't have to weigh that stuff out. But things that are more free flowing that you, you have to kind of eyeball, definitely weigh that. Cooked meats, vegetables, um, things like that. Try to weigh. But things that you can measure with measuring cups, by all means, do that. And as time goes on, you're going to learn and you're going to see the portioning and you're going to be able to eyeball it a little bit more, which is why it's important to track even just for a little bit. Because um, then, like I said, you'll, you'll kind of get that intuition. Like, for instance, um, egg whites three tablespoons is a serving size. So I can literally hold the spoon over the um, cooking pan and I just pour one, drop it in, pour two, drop it in, pour three, drop it in, and I know I did three tablespoons. Sometimes I even eyeball it, just pour in one, two, three, and you know you're going to be on point with that. Same thing with blueberries. If you measure out blueberries every day for a couple weeks, you're eventually going to be able to go, oh yeah, I know how many calories is in this. Now, are you going to be spot on? No, but your error percentage is going to be much smaller than if you just eyeballed it and never weighed it before, okay? Um, so definitely try to do that. Next thing is track weekend days, okay? I, with that being said, I want to remind you that you don't have to track every day because, again, this can get overwhelming and it's person to person, but maybe three to four days. If we track four days, so three weekdays, maybe we're doing Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday or Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday. Um, that's over half the week. So you're having control of over half the week and it kind of sets you up mindfully for the days you're not tracking because since you tracked maybe the day prior, you kind of have a mindset now and it can help ease you into eyeballing things because you go, oh, well, I used this portion of blueberries yesterday and I knew it was, you know, 100 calories. So I remember and I'm going to use that and that's going to be 100 calories. Okay. And every now and then the people that get very, they're, they're kind of veteran trackers and they can eyeball stuff, even after a couple months, they might go, oh, I'm going to track for a couple weeks just to see where I'm at. Because I feel like maybe my diet slipped a little bit. I'm getting a little lazy. Um, and then you could track for a couple days and then, you know, you're like, okay, I'm done tracking. I, I, I'm on track again. So it's going to come and go throughout your life. It's again, just like with anything in health and fitness, you have to be mindful um, of your body, what you're doing, your habits, um, and all that. And sometimes you just got to tighten up on some things and sometimes you don't. I mean, I've been training um, in the gym for like 10 years now and God, 10 years, 10 years. And I still watch my form in the mirror. I still take form videos on moves I've been doing over and over again for years. Cause you don't know, you're having a bad day. Maybe it's a heavier weight. Um, your form's going to slip a little bit or there's something you can tighten up on. And it's the same thing with eating. Okay. So we have that. Um, and going back to the weekend days, the reason I, I recommend tracking on a weekend day is because a lot of people don't, <laughs> um, you know, you almost feel guilty. You feel guilty. You don't want to see what you're eating. And sometimes it can be hard. If you're eating out um, or you're going to all these places, not everywhere has a nutrition menu you can look up, especially if it's like a privately owned place. So a lot of times you're left estimating, which is fine. I still want you to get into the habit of it. Um, 
really just try logging your food. You know, if it's a hamburger, break it down by individual ingredient. Go, okay, it's, you know, a half a pound of ground beef. Um, I use the sesame bun. We got lettuce, tomato. I always overestimate when I'm eating out. I always account for maybe a tablespoon of cooking oil or some butter because um, it's better to overestimate than underestimate. And yes, you can cringe a little bit when you're like, I had three beers today or I had four slices of pizza or that big piece of cheesecake, but that's okay. I still want you to log it. And even though it feels uncomfortable in the moment, it kind of brings you back to reality and kind of kicks you in the ass because I truly believe a lot of us we feel like if we don't log it it like didn't happen kind of similar to with like workouts right like if we have our Fitbit or our Apple watch and we turn if we forgot to turn our workout on it feels or we left our watch at home it feels like we didn't do a workout right because it like we didn't do it but it it still happened the calories were still burned but since it physically is not in pen and paper or on your screen it didn't happen and some people think that way with food. They think, oh, well, if I, if I don't log it, like, we know that it happened. But in our brain, as a way to kind of cope with it, we're like, mm, if I don't log it, it didn't happen. That's why I want you to get uncomfortable and log it. Because then you're like, oh, I ate 3,000 calories today. Holy crap. I'm supposed to be at 1,700. Maybe I need to cut back a little bit. And don't get me wrong. You can have cheat days in there. You can have a day that you go maybe a couple hundred over. You can have those days where you're enjoying time with friends and calories don't matter. But if you want to reach your goals and you really want to lose weight, you're going to have to be accurate a lot of the time. 80 to 90% of the time, okay? Because otherwise, you're going to be spinning your wheels. <laughs> Um, so, okay, we got that. And then, um, the last thing I wanted to touch on is that protein and calories are queen. So, if anything, this is kind of a step down from full macro tracking. If you find it stressful to constantly try to hit your carbs and fat along with calories and protein, break it down to just calories and protein. So, really shoot for the calorie goals and really aim to get enough protein. Because if anything, those are the two big things. Um, usually with most of my clients, I also recommend to stay within plus or minus 100 calories for the day and 5 to 10 grams per macro. Um, so if you're within those goals, you're going to be pretty accurate with your macro tracking. You know, we can't be at 1200 one day, 2100 one day, um, 1000 one day, 1500, because then when we get scattered, it kind of throws off the signals to our body, throws off hunger cues, all that stuff, and then it causes us to overeat, undereat, and we're not really getting a clear picture of, like, what's going on to really see progress, right? So, definitely try to track that and be as accurate as possible. And so, yeah, I could probably chat about macros all day. I could probably create a whole podcast series simply on tracking food. There's so much, but I really wanted to give you a basic overview, and these would be a good place to start all of this to get you set up. These are the most important things I think you need to work on and that everybody needs to do. Um, remember, it's just a starting point. As you collect more data, things will become more clear. You'll kind of know what to do better, but I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you know someone who needs help with tracking, definitely shoot them this episode. Share it with a friend. Tag me in it on your stories and Instagram or Facebook. Your support means everything. Um, also, you can leave a review. If you're on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're listening, be sure to leave me a little review. If you tag me in it, like um, screenshot it or message me or whatever, I have a free gift for you because it does mean a lot that you do that um, so more eyes and ears can listen to this podcast. Okay? But other than that, we will be tuning out and I will see you in the next one. Bye now, guys.